Welcome to the Detente Foundation podcast. We are so excited to be doing this. I am so excited to do this and uh, to be doing it with you, Taylor. Not only is it such a great honor to work with you, but to be co-hosting a podcast to be able to interview some of our favorite people mm-hmm. that are really doing great work in the world is is just such a gift. And you know, we're um, you know to be able to have this opportunity to share the message of the Detente Foundation and and even more importantly, share a message that's really important to to both of us mm-hmm. personally and. That's one of the uh, reasons I'm so grateful you came into my life and everybody that's working at the Detente Foundation and our board and to really do some good work that we feel is is important. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited to do this. And I know, well, I think today you're going to have some questions for me. I am. And we're going to start there. Yes, we and are. And get to some wonderful interviews in, in the future. Absolutely. Also. Well, thank Great. you so much, Lisa, because I'm so looking forward to doing this podcast with you as well. It's going to be so much fun. Yes. Um, and so today we're going to start by interviewing Lisa, uh, just to give a background of who we are at the Detente Foundation, kind of how you got started on this journey, how you brought us all together and Mm. the work we're really looking forward to doing in the future. So I guess we'd start off with uh, introducing yourself. So who is Lisa Rabe? Oh, that's such a big question. (laughs) That's a little hard to answer that question. uh, You know, I would would say this, um, and it might not even be the answer that that you expected perhaps, but I remember years ago I was being interviewed for some philanthropic work that, that I was doing. And someone asked me, you know, why do I do the work that I do? Mm. And, um, and for many, many years now I've, I've, um, helped people spiritually. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I've also primarily because of my background in law and business and building companies is, um, to truly, truly try to help create a better world. Mm -hmm. And for me, that also means safety and care for the people who are on this planet. And so, you know, one of the reasons when I was asked, you know, why I do what I do, I I had said, well, I I also know great suffering Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, I deeply, deeply care about people. And that's something that I've had since I was a little girl. It's something that um, everybody in my life knows about. And, mm. and so what does that mean? It, it means I want people to feel safe and happy in this world and not have struggles and suffering and uh, some of the hardships that we seem to be facing. And, and truly that, um, you know, most of humanity has experienced mm. for thousands and thousands of years. Mm. You know, it's it's not unique to our, our time now, but we're at this especially unique time where, uh, we, you know, we have the ability both from our knowledge and our wisdom and from technology and from what we've learned to create a really, really beautiful world for people. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I do what I do. And And then on top of it, I think one of the greatest things that has ever been said to me was um, by Andrew Kimbrell, who we interviewed for the Reverence of Life film that Mm -hmm. we'll be talking about. And and, uh, after we had filmed, actually, Andrew and I were talking, and he's just this amazing human. And um, and, And he's also in his life, you know, encountered 
uh, threats and all kinds of things. And he's continued to do this work that that truly is saving our planet as as director of the Center for Food Safety. And so we were talking and I said, you know, why do you continue to do what you do? And and he said, well, you know, um, I grew up in a, in a family with with trauma mm-hmm. and I never felt safe a day in my life. And he said, um, so I'm the perfect person for the job. Wow. And I just thought it, it absolutely um, caused me to also realize that, you know, people who are out there in the world trying to make the world a better place mm-hmm. um, also come at it from a perspective of, of a soul. Mm-hmm. And that no matter who we are or what our experiences are, what our mistakes are, um, you know, unfortunately, we ne- live in a world right now where we sit, seem to be judged on our biggest mistake mm-hmm. instead of, you know, someone could have a lifetime of service and doing wonderful things and make one mistake and, and they're, um, you know, reduced by that. And, mm-hmm. But I'm, I am a firm believer that, you know, our world and humanity and the planet needs absolutely every single human being that's on this planet. And so regardless of background or, or um, even the, the reasons for why we do things, mm-hmm. you know, that we really, really come together and, and create a better world. And so that's why I started the Detente Foundation. Mm-hmm. I, um, I wanted to do work that uh, really helped humanity and the planet. And, and I hope that we're able, able to do so, whether, you know, even... You know, and the other thing about even doing good work in the world, sometimes the only influence we're going to have is in our own small influence, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, that can be in, in um, our area of influence and it could be around around the world. We just never know. And that's why we do the work that we do and trust that things will unfold the way they're supposed to and and carry the beautiful message of our work in, in the meantime. Absolutely. I love that. And so where did you come up with the name Detente? Why the Detente Foundation? Uh, yes. So, you know, it's funny in, in marketing and branding, mm-hmm. um, you know, most of the time uh, people want you to have a name that just makes sense and <laughs> gives you an idea of, of what the, the organization or the company is about. Mm-hmm. Many people can't even pronounce Detente. And so it was, and I dug my heels in on it uh-huh. of why I was going to keep the name uh, for two reasons. Um, you know, the, the first is that, and I should probably qualify by the fact that um, I have never really set out to do specific work. I've always been called to do work. Mm. And uh, most of the time called to do work that I didn't want to do that mm-hmm. I didn't understand even what I was being asked to do. And so the name Detente came when I was in India. And in 2011, I went there. And and uh, at that time, I had um, I was in the, the, the process of leaving my my law firm and, and a lot of things. I had kind of had that external type of perfect life that people um, set out to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I had... Um, you know, been a name partner in my firm and I had, you know, done all of these things. And, and, uh, but I, I had this calling in my soul to do something more, something different. And so mm. I kind of left everything at one point in my life and, and traveled and, and went to India. And, and, uh, I had thought I was going to go to India and, and stay there and perhaps start an orphanage or, 
uh, do some other kind of work down there. And, yeah. and, uh, I was, um, one night that very late at night, I, I arrived in, um, this beautiful little town called Rishikesh and, and, uh, there was this, um, man, they said, Swami, whomever, whomever was on the Ganges doing these readings. And, and I didn't know who this person was. And, and, uh, I thought, well, I want to, I want to do that. And, so I went and I, I met with him and uh, what I thought he was going to say was that, oh, you've arrived in India and you're, this is where you're going to be. And, and he instead, um, you know, first of all, he knew things about me. No one knew, like no one knew that my, some of my deepest, darkest secrets he knew. And he also knew dates, which I thought was, it, it was one of the more powerful wow. things I had ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, he said that, you know, the things that have happened in your life were made by choice. And he also said, um, well, I had said to him um, that I was going to be staying in India. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, no, you're not. <laughs> and basically had said, you're going to go back to Southern California and you're going to shift consciousness in the world and you're going to shift it mm -hmm. in the area of business. Wow. And at the time it made me really sad because mm -hmm. I had always um, wanted what I thought was more of spiritual pursuits mm -hmm. than that. I thought, God, I've been told um, all my life that I was going to do all of these things. And so anyway, I was sad about that. And then I dismissed the whole thing. I thought <laughs> he, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm not going to do that. Um, at one point I even, I wanted to be a nun um, I wanted to go work wow. with Pema Shrodron and go to Nova Scotia. I did not know where Nova Scotia was, but <laughs> I thought I'm going to go find Pema Shrodron uh -huh. and become a nun, you wow. know, so there were all these things going on. And, and, uh, so that night, um, I had, when I had gone back into my room, I, I was writing and, and, uh, and I, I, so I wrote, wrote for a long time, didn't look at it again and finished my trip in India and, returned back home. And a couple months later, I was reading in the journals and in there at the top, I had written detente. And I wasn't even really sure what that meant or what I even meant when I wrote it. And then, um, you know, later what I, what I found out and what I know that I, that it means to me is this absolute release of all tension out mm. of a system. And originally it started more of a political detente. So mm -hmm. between countries or between organizations or um, nations actually. And I knew from a spiritual perspective, it meant to me something even more than that. It was really releasing this tension mm -hmm. out of ourselves, out of our consciousness, out of our souls, and then out of our planet, how mm -hmm. we do that. So the original detente logo even had detente in the center of the planet mm -hmm. to release tension out oh, of our beautiful. world. And, mm -hmm. and now our logo has the detente foundation, mm -hmm. um, next to the logo, yeah. which really represents the planet. But it's also that the detente foundation is the foundation and the strength doesn't even get involved in the chaos of the planet, but provides the strength and the releasing of all tension from the planet and from our, ourselves. Wow. So that's, that's why so I stayed beautiful. with the name and that's, that's how it, evolved and why ultimately I dug my heels in on, no, that's the name. And we're going to, we're going to keep it. That is so, a beautiful story. I, I didn't even know that background. Right. So <laughs> I, I love this because I feel like I'm getting to see a whole other side of, of you, Lisa, and, and hearing so much more about the birth story of, 
of the Dutton Foundation. And I, I love that. Well, and it's one of the beautiful things why I'm really happy that we're, we're doing this. Because mm-hmm. one thing that we have talked about doing this podcast is that anything goes. Yeah. You know, that it's, it's, it's not going to be planned <laughs> or scripted or structured. Nope. <laughs> and and uh, because I think there really is a beauty in just saying things in the, in the way that they are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing I also never try to do anymore mm-hmm. is to change the message and the truth based on how it's going to be received. Mm. And that started with the name. Yeah. And uh, so I used to kind of think about that, that maybe people wouldn't understand what I was talking about or what we were doing. And so I would alter it. Mm-hmm. And now I don't. It's this is the story. This is what we're doing. And, uh, you know, the results of that will be the results. I love that. Wow. So one thing I also was curious about and wanted to get into is a lot of the work that we do is within food systems and regenerative agriculture and and making sure that people have access and rights to clean, nutritious food. Mm -hmm. Um, So how did you kind of decide to get into that space? And, and how did you get to where we are with working with leaders in that space? Well, in 2008, mm-hmm. um, I had read an article in Vanity Fair magazine about the United States food system. And mm-hmm. this was interesting, too, in that when I first started practicing law, mm-hmm. um, I was um, brought into a wonderful firm. And... Uh, worked in the area of antitrust law. So antitrust mm-hmm. and um, conflicts of interest and intellectual property. And and uh, and I never understood why I was doing that work. It wasn't the intention of what I had when I, when I set out. In mm-hmm. fact, I had even considered environmental law and mm-hmm. other things. And But I was recruited by this incredible firm and these people I just loved. And so I had this background in, in this area of law. And And uh, many years later, a few years later, I thought I had made an incredible mistake that instead of becoming an attorney, I really should have gone to seminary, Mm. which again was something I I also wanted to do when I was 18. I just, I wanted to go to seminary and I Mm. wanted to be a minister, but I didn't fit anywhere Mm. um, what I thought in in the world. And and, uh, so in 2008, I read this article about food supply. And because I had this legal background in mm-hmm. antitrust and, and um, intellectual property and conflicts of interest, I just thought, one, I thought it can't be true. That um, I thought it was exaggerated and mm. that there's no way um, farmers in our country would be sued in patent infringement lawsuits over genetically modified seed or that um, the just abject conflicts of interest mm. in our, in our food systems. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was looking at that and, um, it was heartbreaking to me because I was also looking at it from this holistic perspective that, mm-hmm. that access to food, healthy, good food should be a fundamental human right mm. that, we were taking steps. Um, at the time, I was only looking at the United States, but um, we were taking steps that were destroying sacred seed. We mm-hmm. were taking steps that um, were, you know, I felt very damaging to life itself. And, and I couldn't understand why it was what was happening. So I started to investigate it and look at it. And and uh, I started to have, um, and this is amazing how things happen the way they're supposed to. I thought if I'm going to 
Um, and, and this just shows the power of an individual. If you just want to get out there and help. Yeah. And uh, I thought if I needed to help United States food supply, who would I have help me? And mm -hmm. so I started research in my, my home office. I had like names and charts and, and, uh, the amazing thing is we, you know, we started to reach out to these people to see if they could help us. And every one, single one was like, yes, yes, yes to help. I couldn't believe it. And, and what that meant to me was something was happening beyond me. It, it was not mm -hmm. me. It was this need that was coming through. And so one of the reasons and at the detente foundation and for all of us that we focus on food supply mm -hmm. is that, you know, food systems and water systems and environmental systems mm -hmm. interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Those systems go together. These aren't these independent things that are operating. Right. And our human system, this human amazing sacred body temple, mm -hmm. you know, we have a gut biome that has knowledge. Right. Um, our heart actually has, um, you know, neural thought cells. Mm -hmm. And so what we consume in our bodies and how things harmoniously work together um, it's very, very important for the survival of humanity mm -hmm. and then also for the impact on, on our planet. Mm -hmm. And so I also knew that um, and pr probably because of my, my background and experience that perhaps I could have the most influence. Well, and I was also thinking that if we don't shift the consciousness of um some of the most powerful people in our world mm -hmm. and the people that are running corporations and organizations, if we didn't shift the consciousness mm -hmm. of people um, at, with that dynamic, it was going to be very hard for the grassroots work that was trying to be done mm -hmm. to really be successful. We need everybody. And so that's why I focus on leadership because I was really shocked and continue to be mm -hmm. in 2021 that we have, well, shocked, but now I also understand it, uh, what really appears to be failed leadership, in, in my opinion, from across the board, mm -hmm. it doesn't. And so, but what I also know too, even being a leader in my organ, our organization and in my life, it is not easy to be a wise, benevolent, truthful leader. Mm. It, it just isn't. It takes work and introspection. And so a lot of my teachings mm -hmm. um, spiritually and, and um, you know, in all ways are really how as leaders, mm -hmm. we really begin to embody being the people we need to be to serve humanity and the planet. Because so many of the decisions and the things that are done in the world you know, they're either made um, without wisdom. And so there's these unintended consequences that are very, very damaging, or um, they're made for greed. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of that, which is why I also come at it from a spiritual perspective, mm -hmm. because we really need to look at, you know, how, how we operate and why we make the decisions that we do and really address that greed that, that happens. And, and then, but for the most part, you know, we're operating so quickly in the world because of technology and because, and it, which is wonderful, but we're not thinking about what we're doing. So if we go and we create, um, you know, in the United States, we start, you know, having 
you know, a mono agriculture and land that just has genetically modified seed on it. It's, mm. it's going to have an effect around the world. And we're not thinking about that. We're not looking at it from this higher perspective. Mm -hmm. And so at the Detente Foundation, we, we focus on leadership um, as one aspect of who we really are as leaders. The definition I also give for leadership is, you know, leaders are people who care about and take responsibility for the world that surrounds them. Mm -hmm. So leadership is an essence. So um, the mom in her family, in fact, most of the shifts in our food systems are from moms, moms and their families, mm -hmm. you know, moms, um, wives talking to their husbands of, you know, we've, we've got to shift this. Yeah. And so, you know, it's that leadership component that we, we just really need to think about things and, and how we do things. So that's why I think teachings are really important. Mm -hmm. um, it's not easy to embody who we need to be. Mm -hmm. And then I think as a society as a whole, to really get to where we need to be, we really need to ease up on people in a lot of ways because you have, um, you know, really good people trying to do things and there's just always criticism. So no matter what you're doing, it's not enough or it's criticized or it's wrong or it's different. Or so we've, we've um, you know, become this world where it's easier to take people down mm. than to really, really listen mm -hmm. to what people are. We really need to listen to each other. So mm. we've spent many years focusing on communication and now nobody's listening and we're just looking at what's wrong. So I know, um, cause I've seen it for instance, in food systems, it's also why, you know, we haven't been able to make, you know, the, the shifts that we really could, Mm -hmm. is because no matter what you do, it's not enough, it's wrong. And so we need to shift that. So I really think um, it's a crisis of faith. It's a crisis of spirituality. And, you know, what I mean by that is no matter what our religion is or our faith is or our spiritual background, you know, are we really living a higher calling? So for spirituality, for me, it's are we living with wisdom? Are we living with truth? Mm -hmm. Are we living um, with compassion? Like, are we really living in the ways that we need to, to serve each other and, and serve our world? So that's in, within our organization. We, you know, draw attention to leadership, to shift in consciousness. And then we really focus people on some of the most important issues in our world today, and that's food systems. Um, food system first and foremost, mm -hmm. and then um, uh, water and environmental systems, yeah. how those are impacted. And so you mentioned teachings. I think one thing we didn't really go over that we should cover is your background. Oh, so yes. yes. So, so what are you teaching? What makes you qualified to do oh, these teachings? Great question. <laughs> By the way, whether you're qualified or not, right. go, go teach. Yes. Teach and yes. share the knowledge and the wisdom. And so I don't know if I'm, if I'm qualified or not, but, um, I certainly have, um, this background and I guess it's, you know, but, but I would also say I've been teaching all of my life. So mm -hmm. since I was just, a, you know, since I was a little girl, I've, and by teaching, it's not from that, um, arrogant, let me teach you because I know more than you. Right. It, it is definitely this. Um, I love teaching and helping people understand things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And so uh, 
you know, finally, after even after practicing law for many years and, and always helping people spiritually since Mm -hmm. I was a young girl, I've, um, I've done that. I've had, I had these, um, really these mystical experiences, even when I was young and when I was 15, that shifted uh, my perspective on the world. But, Mm -hmm. uh, so I was always doing these teaching, but a few years ago I, I, um, did go to uh, theological school. So I went to Claremont school of theology and, and, uh, spent three and a half of the greatest years of, of my life of, you know, um, really doing what I had always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, and to be with these spiritual leaders from all faiths, like Claremont is just an incredible school because um, it's just so open to people of all faith. And so there isn't the criticism or the judgment. It's what brings us together. And, and then how do we serve the world in that? So my specific doctorate, I did get a doctorate of ministry. So I do have a, a ministry degree and, mm-hmm. and the specific focus is on um spiritual renewal, contemplative practice, and strategic leadership. And so to me, it brings, you know, spirit into matter. It's that's when it's, oh gosh, you know, how we bring who we are spiritually into strategic leadership. Mm -hmm. And then specifically, so my background in my studies too were in um, neuroscience and neurotheology and neuroplasticity. And so I've always been, um, very interested. Like for instance, I couldn't understand after years of people, um, meditating and going, you know, to retreats and workshops and all the work. So many of us seem to do over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, why did we not have more peace in the world? Mm-hmm. You know, why were we not truly evolving? And, and, and not only that, but to me, we, it almost seemed like we were de-evolving. Mm-hmm. And so like many things, at least for myself, I tend to go back onto my own experience to help with my teachings. And so I thought it had to have something perhaps to do with embodiment. And so what I mean by that is, you know, I would go to the workshops or retreats or to India or whatever I was doing. And during that time, I had a heightened state of consciousness. I had a a felt state of peace or of strength or whatever that may be. And then you get back and you're back out into the world and, and, uh, you know, you're driving in Southern California, wherever that is. And my whole energy would drop. It would just be a different dynamic. And so I thought, you know, how do we truly from all of the spiritual, um, readings and teachings and things that I've studied my entire life, mm-hmm. um, what is our real potential and possibility and so that's when I started studying neuroscience and neuroplasticity and learning from these incredible people that we, in fact, can alter um, our, our consciousness, our, our DNA, our embodiment. Um, some may call that enlightenment. Um, you can call it various things. And so I started I, for actually in my doctoral um, program, I did a series of teachings on embodiment and on um you know, how do we truly embody principles like, mm-hmm. you know, consciousness or love or compassion and, and how are all of these things strengths? They're not weaknesses, mm-hmm. they're strengths. And they're something that's very powerful and needed in our world today. And then what might we be able to accomplish? Because I was thinking, why haven't we accomplished 
there's tremendous resources in our world. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have food systems that feed everybody? Why is there so much fighting and divisiveness and controversy? You know, um, why haven't we been able to really solve some of these issues? Mm. And so um, I began to think, and I saw some research on it, of what might happen, even say it's a population of a million, if a hundred people were truly embodied humans, what we might be able to accomplish as a result of that. So I have a series of teachings on that and Mm -hmm. that I take people through. I take um, leaders through that. I take people through them individually. Um, And I take them through, you know, teachings, why it's so important, you know, what we eat and how we treat ourselves. And, but what I'm really looking at and really testing probably for the rest of my life is um, spiritual evolution, Mm -hmm. like how we can really, because we're, we, it's an amazing world we live in. You hear all the negative, Mm -hmm. right? And there's so much negative, but then when you really think about it in 2021, it is the year for possibility. Mm-hmm. Like we have these incredible technologies and then we have these incredible human capacities mm-hmm. that we've learned. So that's why we need really everybody working together so that we can really approach these issues mm-hmm. and these things that are really um, damaging to humanity and the planet and come up with some really great um, solvable solutions, which there are plenty of those. So yeah. it's why we do, you know, w- workshops and leadership gatherings and that type of thing, because it's, it's, um, it's not only possible, I think, you know, all of us that also, you know, love each other or love our world or our children or grandchildren, or even thinking about future generations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we have a responsibility to, to do the best we can while we're here. Absolutely. All right. Um, I'm trying to think. So, oh my God, Lisa, I can't. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. Now <laughs> that we have also talked a horrific amount about me, I think that time just no. kind of flew by. Um, I really want to ask you some questions because, okay. you know, one of the things that I think is incredibly important and a big part of, um, you know, part of what we do at the Detente Foundation is work with young people. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, I, I know, um, you know, young people in entrepreneurship is hugely important mm-hmm. and that all of us that are older uh, really need to tee up the younger generations mm-hmm. and make sure that they have, you know, the information they need and the resources they need. And, and so it's also one of the reasons you know, I was so taken by you and, you know, to meet you in the Young People and Entrepreneurship Program. Mm-hmm. And and then, um, and of course, you know, to say, well, wait a minute, why we should be working together, you know, <laughs> instead of, you know, creating something else. Yeah. And, and, but you as a young person, um, you know, you're so spectacular. And so mm-hmm. the, what brought you into doing what you're doing? And, uh, you know, why do you, do what you do and and why do you want to be here with the at the detente foundation when you could really be doing anything when you really could well now you're gonna make me cry yeah. <laughs> um I've always been you know I come from parents who are servants they have dedicated their lives to serving other people and so that's really the environment that I was raised in 
And I have spent the majority of my life doing public health type work. Um, I've done a lot of work with um, people living with HIV mm-hmm. for a really long time. Um, I wanted to be a physician. I thought that that was my kind of goal where I wanted to be for a very long time. Um, but then I had my dad get really sick and I became his primary caretaker. And there's something about taking care of a parent and losing a parent that makes you question everything about life. And, um, you know, I just went through a really dark time in my life. Um, but during that time, I, I really realized that I wanted to do things on a greater scale. Um, not that, I mean, clinicians are fantastic. We need them. They save lives. Um, I just found that my passion really lied more with the preventative macro type work. And so I got really, really fascinated and interested in, uh, nutrition. And so that's when I joined the program to work with Lisa, um, potentially to start my own nutrition business. Um, and then once I learned more about what Lisa was doing with the, what the detente foundation was doing in terms of food systems and the environment and helping people grow spiritually from the inside out. And in, in, when I say inside out, I mean, in terms of healing themselves and then developing that care enough for the world to go out and heal the world. And I was just so inspired by you and your work. And I, I remember talking to my husband one night and I said, I really want to work with Lisa. How do, do, how do, do I just ask her? Should I just call her and say, how do I, how do I work with you? Because I knew kind of like you talked about having a calling. I felt really called to, to work with you and to get involved with the Detente Foundation and everything that you were doing. So I'm love being here. I love working with you. And I feel like we have so much work to do. It's, mm-hmm. it's endless. Mm-hmm. And, um, just the approach is so beautiful as well. And people are just drawn to you and your light. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's initially what draws them to the Detente Foundation and your work and our programs is I want to learn from Lisa. I want to help heal the world. And it starts from caring about myself and taking that and caring about other people. So oh, that's just now. Kinda... I... <laughs> now. Well, and it's so beautiful um, because especially when we are, and we've talked about this too, you know, our, our work is a lifetime yeah. and uh, you know, to be able to work with just beautiful humans and it's not even like work. It's really this, you know, being together and having this time together and, and I think there are these beautiful times where the souls are drawn together mm-hmm. and, you know, and anything's possible yeah. when, when we have that. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's my intention, um, as we've, you know, all, we've, we've all talked about, you know, is to really tee things up in a way where we hand it over to you guys at some point, you know, it's, it's really what, um, the older people should be doing, mm. you know, <laughs> is doing what we can. And then handing it over to you guys and making sure you have, you have everything that you need. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, so I'm thrilled, I'm thrilled to be doing this with you and, 
and all of the wonderful people at Detente. We have, mm-hmm. you know, such a great group and, yeah, they and really we, we mm-hmm. couldn't be supported more by yeah. some really incredible people. Absolutely. So. Well, I'm really looking forward to the next few interviews. Actually, yes. the, the rest of our podcast, I'm really looking forward to. Um, but we just, we have some great people lined up who are pioneers in their fields, uh, people who are so dedicated to conscious leadership and really aligned with Lisa's and the Detente Foundation's message of healing the world. Absolutely. And we will be talking to people that um, take active roles in in food systems. And Mm -hmm. so we can, um, you know, kind of explain a little bit more about that too, why that's so important. And and then also, um, you know, um, religious leaders and spiritual leaders and um, some wonderful people um, to, to help us understand the environment more, mm-hmm. you know, even when we're looking at environmental issues, it's, you know, there's a distinction between, you know, climate change and global warming. So there, you know, there's people like Wilford Welch that we're going to be able to interview who can explain that to us and, and how these things work. And, and we're going to have a great time doing it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and these wonderful people, you know, they always say yes. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll be we'll be doing that and having a great time. Yeah, fantastic. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. It was thank so nice you. to uh, meet you all, and we look forward to hanging out with you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you.